Hey, I'm Adam. And I'm Brian. Of Everyone Has a Podcast, and you're listening to Pop Goes Your World. I'm Chris McBrien, and the pop culture from Generation X is everything to me. And I'm Derek Myers, and I'm here to educate Chris on the great pop culture of today's generation. Episode 111, Best TV Theme Songs. I'm Chris McBrien, along with caveman Derek Myers, and this is Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. We're back. We took a little time off for our summer vacation. Uh, caveman, how did you spend your summer vacation, my friend? I spent my summer vacation poolside for the most part, <laughs> and it was fabulous. And I'm back at work now, and it's busy, but, uh, you know, hey, they covered for me when I was off. It's my turn to cover for someone else, especially the people who have kids, because it's only a couple more weeks till they go back to school. Right. And uh, yeah, no, summer's been great. Um, I hear, uh, I hear, you have some big news in your life since we last recorded, Chris. I do. Well, I, what's I, going on in your life, sir? I do. Before I kind of mention what I did on my vacation, uh, I should mention something that big that's happened. So I just accepted a position just today. It was official. I accepted a position as a full-time professor at the college. So so happy! Oh, I'm just, uh, yeah. I, so I, as you know, I mentioned on the show before, I'm a professor uh, at, at a college, but I'm also um, a, like a part-time faculty member. I have been for years, uh, so I finally got offered a full-time position there. So I'm just, you know, so happy. I have tenure. It's just so wonderful. I'm, I love, I love my job, man. I love, love, love what I do, and I'm a very lucky person because not everybody does. So, yep, big news for me. I'm super excited. It's great. Awesome. Um, what uh, what have you been doing that's fun and exciting in well, our summer? It's been I, a few weeks. It's been a few. We've been like about a month off. We took some time off to do our summer vacation. And my wife and I had the opportunity to get away for a little while for our vacation. So the kids went to visit their grandparents and my wife and I got some time alone. So we decided to travel to Canada's capital, Ottawa, uh, you know, for a little vacation time. And you know what? It was great. You know, we we got a hotel room in our nation's capital, you know, much deserved break. So I got to tell you, we arrive at the hotel in downtown Ottawa, check into the room, just the two of us, no kids. And so what's the first thing that I do? Of course, I put on the TV and Happy Days was on. So, of course, I watched it. I thought my wife was going to kill me. Oh, man. <laughs> but in all fairness, it was the one where Fonzie first started dating Ashley, Linda Pearl, and Heather O'Rourke is in it. You know, the little girl from Poltergeist. So, you know, you can see why I wanted to watch it. But, you know, oh, yeah, she wasn't very happy with me. But it was, it was good. We had a good time. Ottawa was great. Spent a week there. Did a tour of the parliament buildings, all that touristy kind of stuff. And it was just awesome. Um, and something else, I have some other news too. Is it pop culture related? It's it's podcast related. Oh, okay, uh, yes. huge thank you to all of our listeners and all of our supporters out there because we uh, nabbed a podcast awards nomination in the entertainment category. Because it's a great intro tonight. So uh, yeah, we for our third, we've been around for three years, and for our third straight year, we have been nominated in the entertainment category. So I think uh, the voting and stuff takes place. It's done by a panel of uh, of podcasters and producers and listeners. They have a poll panel that, that listens to all the shows, and then they determine who the winners will be. And I believe it gets announced in September. So I'm, that's really awesome. Good job, Caveman. You, you've come on and just made things like seamless transition around Well, here. I was going to say, there's a lot of pressure uh, off my shoulders now, because had you not been nominated, after being nominated for the first two years when I wasn't like a full-time part of the show, the question would be, is it my fault that you didn't get nominated? And then that, that albatross would be hanging around my neck forever. So uh, I, now I can't take full credit because obviously Yancey did uh, about half of the shows this year. So the real test will be next year. Mm -hmm. But hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's right. see how this one works out. I'm, I'm extremely grateful that we got nominated. Uh, you know, they always say it's just an honor to be nominated. It is just an honor to be nominated. It is. It's awesome. It is. It uh, really and I want to thank everyone who took the time to uh to nominate us because i know it wasn't as simple as click a button you had to go and give an email address and sign on and all the rest of that and uh so again thank you to everybody who did that we really appreciate it and uh hopefully a month from now we'll be uh, recording an episode where we talk about how we won but uh 
you know, let, let's not be overconfident, yeah. but let's just be humble and thankful that we got the nomination. Exactly. So. There's some great, great nominees in that category, including uh, the the one that's won like the last couple of years in a row. They're really good. So, you know what? There's some great, just to be in that company is awesome. So I really appreciate it. But anyway, um, on that note, are you ready to get started, my friend? I am very ready to get started. Let's do this, Chris. Let's go. your head counselor i did not enjoy this anymore the second time <laughs> what's going on what's wrong never seen it oh, never wow. interested in seeing it no desire to see it was not interested at all okay, well, i paid 200 dollars for these shoes but i mean on the best it's certainly tame by today's standards there's a very fat pair of pants hanging from the flagpole this morning it is not something i think i ever need to see again oh matt damon matt damon Okay, so we decided to come back with a top five show this week, and we thought we would do our top five favorite TV theme songs. Now, before we get into our top five list for this episode, I think it's worth noting that we've established some rules here, you know? Um, so, needless to say, there's a lot of really good theme songs, you know? From, uh, there are. Oh, man, this, this was this, hard. This was one of the most difficult oh, lists yeah. I ever had. I had a list of over 20 songs in, like, the first two minutes— and then when I started to do some homework, I probably doubled that list. And yep. then I started to ask my friends and family, and I added another 10 or 20 songs. I must have had over 50 in the first day once I threw this idea out, and narrowing it down to just five was so difficult. And the thing but is, it was so much fun. It, it was. The whole process was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was a trip down memory lane for me, as every week is. Um, there is a lot of really good theme songs from animated shows, too. That's sure. what really got me about this. So then you and I kind of talked back and forth and we said, well, because we don't we don't discuss our lists ahead of time, but we discuss kind of the, the parameters of what our list will look like. And so we decided that we're, we would exclude animated shows and we'll do we'll deal with that on a future episode. So in a future episode, we'll go through our favorite animated, you know, TV theme songs. So this for this episode, we decided to keep it to live action shows. You know, yeah, and yeah. Um, so that'll work. Yeah. Right? When you start factoring in Saturday morning cartoons, oh, yeah. and all of the new animated shows that have come out in prime time since The Simpsons and Family Guy, and like, there's been a a renaissance of animated shows for adults that are are out there now. There are so many great theme songs for animated shows that, yep. uh, yeah, we we quickly realized there was enough there to do a whole other show. So yeah, this is just live action shows, uh, theme songs, and again, not necessarily the ones we think are the best or that were made the most money or that were on shows that ran the longest. This is just personal preference, five five theme songs that we liked for whatever reason, and I'm sure we'll explain why. Yeah. And we just put our list together, and, and here we go. So uh, do you want to kick us off? Uh, you want to get started? Absolutely. Okay. So Take it away. I will indeed. My Please. number five pick mm -hmm. is Doctor Who. Ooh. So – uh, personally, I'm not a huge fan of the Doctor Who franchise. Um, I, I've seen a bunch of episodes. Uh, it was on when I was younger uh, in the 80s. Uh, it never really clicked for me. I mean, the production values always look so low budget, which I've since learned in many cases was somewhat deliberate, like to give it that campy feel. Uh, and then the more recent episodes uh, have obviously a little more money, so special effects are better, and you've got bigger name actors coming on, and and uh, anyone who's everyone in uh, in British television circles has appeared on an episode of Doctor Who. It's like in American uh, American the 90s, everyone had appeared on an episode of Law and Order. In the UK, everyone's appeared on Doctor Who. Uh, but the theme song hasn't really changed in all the years. So Doctor Who first premiered in 1963 in the BBC. It is uh, has has been on the air and off the air and on the air and off the air. It's back on the air and has been for, I think, about eight or nine years now. But the theme song has never really changed. It's been sort of uh, replayed using slightly different instruments and such, but for the most part, it's uh, it's one of these theme songs where when you hear it, it's very distinct. Uh, it's instrumental. There's no low lyrics uh, played on the the television show, but it's like it's really got a sound that immediately makes you think science fiction. Uh, I mean, it was composed in the '60s, so you can sort of imagine what that's like if you're not that familiar with the theme song. But it's one of those ones that even as a little kid, as soon as you heard it, even though you may not have realized what you were about to watch, the music immediately put me in a sci-fi frame of mind and that was a big reason why i put this on the list i feel that doctor who needs a, a an important place on the list so for me it was number five. Oh, i like that and, and the thing is like i've i've never really watched a lot of doctor when i was younger when i was like maybe between seven eight nine years old i used to watch doctor who a bit and it was i remember that they had changed 
the the actor that played Doctor Who. There was one where it was a guy that had kind of curly, short, short of curly hair, and he used to always wear a scarf. And then there was an yep. older guy with gray hair, so they changed it. But I, I, I remember watching it and enjoying it. I, the thing I remember was he would go into this phone booth, and it was like a small the, kind of phone booth. And then when you go inside, it was like huge. It was like all this room yep. in there. I'm like, what's going on? So, uh, yeah, no, that's I, called I, the, the TARDIS, you noob. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, like, it, like Doctor Who has really seen a big resurgence lately with some of yes. the new incarnations of it. Because even when I go to places like Fan Expo and stuff, like, there's a lot of people that really, really like Doctor Who. So, uh, but yeah, that's well, a this, good, the show, the show, especially the recent incarnation of the show, mm-hmm. has done a very good job of being socially relevant. Uh, I mean, that's that's the beauty of science fiction is you can you can tell a show. Uh, you can tell a story that is a commentary on today's political uh, society or or social or whatever the issues are in today's society. You dress it up under the the guise of science fiction. Oh, these are aliens doing these crazy things. And you can make a social commentary in a way that still packs an important punch and people get it. It's like, oh, they're really talking about this, but they're doing it under the, the guise of aliens or time travelers or robots or whatever. And – Sometimes it, it, you know, it really makes you think like, oh, geez, I hadn't thought of that problem in that way by, you know, by removing it and using this metaphor to to tell this story. And that's one of the things that I've been hearing from a lot of people that that just love, love, love Doctor Who is that the the recent stories are a one top notch. So if you haven't watched it, it might actually be worth uh, giving it a watch. So this is your chance. Yeah, to dive in and start watching it. Right. And getting up to speed. OK, so for me, before I before I get going, I want to preface this with a couple things. So, number one, before you start accusing me of just like sort of cheaping out and going with the theme songs from my favorite TV shows of all time, I want to point out a couple things. I, I truly believe that the TV shows from Generation X have some of the best theme songs of all time. I know I'm biased, but I, I know, really I, think it's I, true. I, you let, know? Me, let me jump in on this one. Sure. I, I, this is one of those rare cases. Mm hmm. Where you're going to give some textbook answers and I'm going to agree with you 100 percent and exactly what you just said. When I was talking to a lot of people about these these theme songs, the the thing we concluded rather quickly was theme songs in the 70s and 80s were very different than theme songs today because they had a formula that is no longer really used today, which was we have 30 seconds or less to tell you what this show is about if you've never, ever seen it before. And here it is. And the theme song almost always very quickly, very succinctly summarized. Here's what the show's about to music. And and then you watched your 22-minute or 44-minute or episode and away you went. And in the 90s and 2000s, they really moved away from that. And today, that hardly ever happens anymore. And there were just so many great ones from the 70s and 80s. And there's a few on my list that do just that. So I have to agree 100%. They don't make theme songs like they used to. And I think you know, in in, uh, in Gen X, they they hit the nail on the head. Oh, they did. I like the fact that you you, you bring up a good point. It, it, it would always tell the story, you know, uh, of the of the show that you were about to watch. But uh, the funny thing is, before we get to my top five list, two of my top five TV theme songs come from shows that I didn't even really like all that much. So, yeah. like I say, same, rather same, yeah, same ra- rather than you just say, well, you're just picking your favorite shows, actually. Two of my top five, I didn't even really like the shows. The themes are just so good. So just why I wanted to make sure and point that out. But before I get to that, I think it's really important that I, like I say, it was so hard for me to do this. There's so, 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 so many good ones. So I have a lot of honorable mentions I'd like to get to before I dive into my list. Okay. And like you said, the one, some of the theme songs from the 70s and 80s are so good. All in the Family. Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton at the piano singing the theme song. So great. It's so inspired. I love that. Happy Days. I mentioned it at the top of the show. I love Happy Days. And the show actually, when it first started out, started out the first two seasons, it used um, Bill Medley's Rock, Rock Around, Around the, the Clock. Clock. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And then it created, you know, its unique theme was so, so good. Um, different Strokes. Fellow Canadian Alan Thicke, the late great Alan Thicke, wrote and he even sang the theme song for that show. And he also did the theme for The Facts of Life. He was like a, a TV theme guy before he got into, you know, doing his own sitcom. Um, Laverne and Shirley, Cindy Greco did that. Maybe probably the catchiest theme song of all time. The Mary Tyler Moore Show is another one that stands out to me. It's a staple of the 70s. It kind of set the standard of what a theme song should be. Another one that came to mind was Gilligan's Island, because to me, it's very iconic. You know, it, like when I think of my childhood 
coming home after school and watching this show in reruns, like it told the story of the show, just like you mentioned. And all in the span of like a minute was so good. Um, another one for me was the Jeffersons. It's just so good. It, it's sung by Jeanette Dubois, who's Willono from Good Times. And the last honorable mention I had was the Brady Bunch. Like, what, what can you say about it? It's just, it was amazing. Frank Duvall and Sherwood Swartz wrote it. And it was sung by the Brady kids. Like, it's just so good. So all of these are just like, it was so hard for me to get it down. So, but I did whittle it down to five. And it was funny because you said, oh, you're going to hear the textbook answers. I don't think you will, actually. Because some yeah, of these ones of, might. a lot of the textbook answers I was expecting to hear from you yep. were on your honorable mentions. Exactly. I expected your <laughs> list to be Happy Days, Different Strokes, Facts of Life, Laverne and Shirley, Brady Bunch. All in the fa- I almost had all in the family. It made my top ten all in the family, but I couldn't squeeze it in the top five. And I thought, oh, Chris will cover that anyway. Some of these ones are going to surprise you. But when I really did my research and I really thought about this and reflected on it, the five that I came up with might blow you away. So my number five, Land of the Lost. Okay. It, we've said before that nostalgia is a powerful drug. And this theme song reminds me of, you know, sitting on the couch as a seven-year-old kid watching the show. The show ran in the early 70s. Um, You know, I was too young then, but they used to replay it on Saturday mornings all the time. And there's the banjo starts playing and Wesley sings the theme song. So in the show, in the opening credits, it says starring Wesley. They didn't even use his whole name. It was Wesley Ewer. They just call him Wesley. But he actually sings the theme song. And, you know, you talk about how, you know, it tells the story. You know, it's like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. You know, met the greatest earthquake ever known. And it's just, it's just, oh, I just, it's so good. And then the funny thing was the, the show only lasted three seasons. You know, but it was a huge part of my childhood. And the first two seasons, um, Spencer Milligan, you know, played the dad. He was Rick Marshall, right? And then he, like, left the show after two seasons because he was, like, got in an argument with the producers over merchandising rights of, like, lunchboxes and stuff like that. So he quit the show. So they said, okay, well, we're still going to do a season three. But instead of him being in it, they, they had Uncle Jack came searching, you know, and, and he found those kids at last. And like, it was just this, they changed the theme. But there's something about that theme song that just stands out to me. And a couple of years ago, I remember seeing um, they spoofed it on Family Guy. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I, there's something about Land of the Lost theme. So my number five is Land of the Lost. Probably not what you expected, but it is what it is. All right. Full confession. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the show. I have no idea what the theme song sounds like. Well, you, you that's can, all you, I can say you about can, that. You can find it on YouTube and uh, I'll send you some links after the show. You can. You, no, no, no. That's OK. That's OK. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> you don't, you don't want to watch it. Um, the, the thing is, is that that show was just so important to me as a kid because I love dinosaurs and this idea that that you could kind of fall through this crack in the earth and go to this weird land where there was like dinosaurs and there were slea stacks and there were pylons and all this stuff going on, these crystals. Like it was just so unbelievable. And like Sid and Marty Croft did some stuff that and HR Puffin stuff and a couple other things that were just like probably like they probably took a lot of drugs when they came up with this stuff, (laughs) But, but it was just so as a kid, I just loved it. And going back as an adult and watching it, it just, it makes me feel good. But the thing is, it's like the production values, the acting in it is so bad. But it's but the theme song is so good. So it is what it is. That's my number five. All right. Over to you. Um, I have a bunch of honorable mentions, but I really feel if I mm-hmm. run through them, I'm going to step on your toes. So I'm going to save my honorable mentions until after I give you my number one pick. And then I think by then if you'll have covered some of these. So uh, okay. anyway, speaking yeah. of stepping on toes, mm-hmm. my number four was on your honorable mentions, mentions list. Oh, good. So, Chris, why don't you sit right back? Uh, I tell you this tale. Nice. Yeah, it's the theme songs of Gilligan's Island, which is harder to so recite good. when you're not singing it than you thought. Yep. Uh, and this this was my my one example I picked of. We're going to tell you what this show's about in 25 seconds. You're going to know exactly you know what the premise is. And here we go with this week's episode. And next week we're going to repeat it so that you don't forget that it's the six cast six seven castaways. Seven, seven castaways. I had to sing it to figure it out. Right. Seven castaways. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, one of the things that, that I, I often found interesting about Gilligan's Island is it ran for a number of different a number of seasons. And they actually 
changed the theme song partway yeah. through the run of the yes, show at the very end he yep. started listing off all the da, 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 and who's on the show or like who's on the island yep. and then they said and the rest are here in Gilligan's Island like, and like, the rest just name them so sure enough they changed it to the professor and yep. Marianne and the then so it's like yay Ren, now they're Marianne. all mentioned in the opening credits <laughs> I have no idea why that was done that way in the first place I, I honestly didn't think to look it up uh, but uh, when you ask anyone from of my age who was familiar with the show grew up with the show i mean it was reruns by the time i ever saw it uh to sing the theme song everybody is always the professor and mary and like nobody i know would would go to that original one where they're just and the rest it's like no no no. so so i always thought that was a little bit interesting that even though they had the same theme song and they had the same tune they tweaked the lyrics to to make the story a little more accurate as the show progressed so anyway, Gilligan's Island is uh, my number four. Great choice. And I want to say my first one was from 1963 and my next one's from 1964. And spoiler <laughs> alert, my number three is from the 60s as well. I can't wow. believe I went this far back to get some. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. So anyway, that was my number four, Gilligan's Island. What do oh, you got for number four? So my number four is actually The Fall Guy. So this oh, show that was on my honorable mention. Yes, this show ran from 81 to 86. And this is one of the two shows that I mentioned that I never really liked. Like, I didn't really enjoy this show all that much. Uh, my oh, It was lame. my best friend uh, when I was growing up. His name was Sean. This was his favorite show on television. He loved it. And so then as a result, I kind of watched it a little bit, you know, and hang out, whatever, watch it. But what got me was the theme song was so, so good. So Lee Majors not only stars in it, but he sings the theme song. And, and he does a great job of it. He does. He, it's like, it's shocking how good it is. It's like what he's singing the song and it's actually good. And the, there's a lyric in there that I love. He just drops because he talks about, uh, he's like, uh, I've been seen with Farah. And the thing is, he was married he was to Farrah Fawcett. To it. So yeah. it's just so it's a little inside joke. A little you know? wink, wink for you. You know, and Glenn Larson wrote this song. So Glenn Larson was a producer of Battlestar Galactica back in the 70s. And so this the theme song is called The Unknown Stuntman. And the idea of the, the show, the premise of the show was that this guy's a stuntman in Hollywood, right? And But then in his spare time, because I guess, you know, he doesn't have a lot of jobs to do, you know, as a stuntman. So in his spare time, he's also a bounty hunter. And he'd have to, like, track down criminals and bring the them, you know. jumpers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like, a, but the premise is all laid out in the opening. And it's it's almost like not even really sung. It's almost spoken word in a way. You'd have to, like, hear it. To get, but just when you hear the first couple notes and he and Lee uh, Major starts singing it, it's just, it's like there's something about it that just makes you feel good. It's just like what a great theme, like yeah. so. So it, that one jumped out to me, even though I never really liked the show. And I tried since then. I went back and I watched a couple of shows. They were available on YouTube, and I watched an episode. I'm like, this isn't very good. I don't like yeah, the show. Probably but, doesn't but, hold up very But well. the theme song is just so good. I could watch the theme song over and over and over again. But uh, anyway, so that's my number four, The Fall Guy. Probably not what you expected. Again, that almost made my list. All right. My number three, as I mentioned, is from the 60s. It's from 1966. And for our younger viewers, I want to let you know that this was a TV show before it was a movie. The theme from Mission Impossible. Oh, yes. That's a good one. So obviously Mission Impossible become a huge movie franchise starring Tom Cruise. Uh, The movies are great. But it's based on a TV show. Which actually had two incarnations, uh, one in the 60s and one in the, I want to say, mid-80s. It, I think only ran one or two seasons. Um, and yeah, the, the theme song that we know uh, that was redone by a number of more popular artists in the recent movies, like the first Tom Cruise movie, the the theme was done by two of the guys from U2. And then for the second movie, uh, I think it was Limp Biscuit used, they sampled the theme song and then they, they did a song to it. Uh, so there's been a, a bunch of very popular bands while well, were popular at the time that uh, that have sort of put their own sort of tweak on it, their twist on it for the movies. But back in the day, it was a TV TV uh, theme song uh, with theme anthem, I guess. Could you call it a song if it doesn't have lyrics? Yeah, I don't I, think so. I mean, I guess you could. You could call, call it an instrumental. TV theme music or intro music. Sure, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go with that. But uh, yeah, Mission Possible. You play a few bars of that. Everybody knows that that's a Mission Impossible music, and the the music is just so iconic that I felt it had to be on the list somewhere. And for me, I put it at number three, Mission Impossible theme from 1966. I like it. So my number three, I went back to the 70s. This is the show ran from 1975 to 1979, and it's Welcome Back, Cotter. 
Love that show. So, so the thing is, I see, I didn't, I, I, the show was okay. You know, it was, it was all right. I mean, I enjoyed it, I guess. I, did, I didn't really like Gabe Kaplan. I thought he was kind of cheesy, especially at the end when he would like tell the joke to, to yeah. Julie. Oh, I was always talking. But anyway, but the, the, the theme song is what stands out. It's, the thing is, it, the, the song is sung from the perspective of the students, which yeah. I think is great. So when they came up with the idea for this show, because, you know, Gabe Kaplan was a stand up comic, said, so, oh, we got to get you a sitcom. So the producer comes along and says, well, what we'd like for the theme song is like a Loving Spoonful-like song. So they went out and got John Sebastian from the Loving Spoonful to actually do the, th- the song, right? And so he came along and, and came up with this song, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. You know, Welcome Back was the name of the song. And the, the show was originally going to be called Cotter. That was it. Right. And then the theme song was so good, they changed the name of the show and said, we're going to call it Welcome Back, Cotter. You know, because of the song, and the song actually uh, made it to number one on the Billboard chart in 1976. It was it became so popular. So I really like that song a lot. It tells the story, but like I say, you would expect the theme song to tell his story because the whole show is his story, but it's not. It's told from the perspective of the students, like I said, and I think that's just great. There's something about that that just resonates. Number three, welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, no, that's an excellent pick, Chris. And like I said, that that was pretty close to making my list as well. I think I think we're going to find that a lot of our picks are like, ooh, yeah, that was right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my number two is my most recent entry on my list and probably the most recent entry on your list. Not that it would be on your list because it's from after 1985. And this is the <laughs> theme song to the hit sitcom that just wrapped up its final season. The Big Bang Theory. Oh, yes. Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies from Scarborough, where I'm from here, uh, suburb of Toronto. Uh, yeah, The Big Bang Theory uh, ran for, well, it started in 2007. So it just went off the air this year in uh, 2019. So ran many years. And before every episode, you've got the, again, this this is one of these ones where you've got a new show that actually has a theme song with lyrics. They don't tell you what the show's about, but it, it clearly indicates like this is going to be about science. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives you like the world history, uh, you know, in the 30 second bit. Now, the Bare Naked Ladies have recorded a full three, four minute version of the song with extra verses that do not appear on the, the theme show uh, on the show when you watch it. But um, uh, this this is uh, this was my two, my uh, number two pick. I thought, you know, of all the shows that I've been watching over the last 20 or so years, this is one of the only ones that I felt had a theme song that was catchy, that was memorable. It, it certainly didn't hurt that the show's been on a decade and is in constant rotation and syndication, so you're hearing it all the time. But uh, it, it hit all the right notes for me. It, it reminded me very much of of how those old sitcom shows uh, uh, wrote their theme song. And just as sort of an aside, when I was doing my list, there were some shows, like you just mentioned Welcome Back, Carter, where the theme song went on to be a hit. There are some shows where they took a song that was already written, used it as the theme song, uh, or sort of released them in parallel. And so I tried not to go down that road, but this one sort of just brushes on it because apparently the show premiered in September of 2007, and then the Bare Naked Ladies released the full version of the song on their album that came out like two months later. Um, but the show came out first, so that's uh, that's why I snuck it on my list. Number two, theme theme song from uh, The Big Bang Theory. Oh, I like that one. So I, I mentioned this before on the podcast. About three years ago, my wife said to me, are there any bands that you'd like to go see in concert? And I said, actually, there's three. There's ZZ Top, Rick Emmett, and the Bare Naked Ladies. You and I went to see ZZ Top together. My wife and I went to see Rick Emmett. And I, and then the Bare Naked Ladies came to play at a, a local folk festival, not that far from where I live. So I took my son and we went over there. And it was just so great. Like, they, it was... And so they sang that song. So my point is, like, I got the chance to see the Bare Naked Ladies actually sing this song live. And it was really, nice. really great. And it, I think it's a very inspired pick of the producers to have the Bare Naked Ladies do this because the TV show is about nerds. And really, the Bare Naked Ladies are kind of nerdy, too. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? So it's just For so sure. appropriate. Like, there's something about it that it really, really works. So that's a great, great choice. Okay, my number two. Going on, uh, this is where it's a little bit textbook, I guess, because I'm going with, you know, one of my favorite TV shows of all time, which is WKRP in Cincinnati. Absolutely, 100% love this theme song. And, and, and it never really struck me all that much, like the lyrics. But then I've got a couple of my buddies that are in radio. That, that's what they do for a living. And... The the one buddy of mine, we went out one time, we were hanging out and we were talking about 
WKRP in Cincinnati. And he said there, there's a lyric in the, the theme song, which is town to town, up and down the dial. You know, yep. it's very, very catchy lyric. And he's like, he goes, man, you don't understand. That is not a lyric. That is a lifestyle. People in the radio business, that's what we do. We go town to town to town. You work for a while, then you move to another one. You go up and down the dial. You're on 91, then you're on 95. Like he, the, the, the radio business is very transient in nature, and, and that song helps capture that. Yeah. Um, now, Steve Carlisle was the guy that did that song. He was actually from Akron, Ohio, and he knew Hugh Wilson, who was, you know, the producer, who also, Hugh Wilson wrote the lyrics, right? And they actually released a full-length version of this song in 1981, and it, it you know, was on the charts. It was like, low, it was like 65 on the charts. But um, but anyway, so that, that one has always stood out. I, there's something about that theme I just absolutely love, right from the opening drums into the song. It's just so good. Now, there was also a closing theme in the show that I don't know if you ever. Oh, watched, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah. all like gibberish. So what they did was they came up with the they, well, we need to be something to to like close out the show over the credits, the final credits. It yeah, wasn't like more rock and roll sound. Well, yeah. So they said, well, let's make it kind of rock and rollish. But they're like, OK. Yeah. And then they were going to do sax over the, the you know, over the the, 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 the music. And then for whatever reason, they decided, no, we got to go with lyrics. So the guy said, well, I don't have any lyrics. So it's like, okay, well, just we got to record something. So we just recorded gibberish. It was just like yeah. just gibberish. And none of it made any sense. Because when you listen to it, you're like, what are those lyrics? Well, they're actually, they're not lyrics. It's just gibberish that he came up with. But that's that's aside. The opening theme, WKRP in Cincinnati, absolutely 100% love it. And it's one of my favorite shows of all time. So it's a match made in heaven for me. And it made it number two. Nice. I thought that might have snuck into your number one, but as yeah. it is, I, I think I have a pretty good guess what your number one is, so I'm not going to say it. But I'm going to have you try and guess it before I do it. I'm okay. Curious, so well, and maybe I'm going to. So yeah, go ahead. As promised, before I get to my number one, I'll give you my list of honorable mentions, and both WKRP and Welcome Back Carter would have been on my honorable mention list. So I'm awesome. glad I let you run through your list. Oh, good. So, uh, just a few that were like on the cusp for mine that I did not put on there. Uh, most of them from the '80s. Knight Rider, the A Team. Wonder Woman, which would have been from the 70s. Wonder Woman was Wonder on Woman was today. an awesome theme song. Until Good today, call. I pulled it off and put Doctor Who on at the last second. But I had Wonder Woman on my list God, right from one. the beginning, and then I changed it. Magnum P.I., iconic. Again, they've, the, the show's been rebooted. They had the exact same theme song. It's great. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of those. And one that, again, almost made my list, Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. Good one. Good call. Yeah. I didn't put it on the list, but it was it was close. And then I have one more that I don't want to mention because you might you might put it there. And if you do, I don't want to step on your toes. But if okay. you don't, we can come back to this. Later. Sure. Um, OK, so my number one. So you and I will have conversations during the week. Hey, what's our next what's our next episode going to be about? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, maybe we do a movie room. Maybe we do a top five. And we're constantly kicking back and forth ideas. And. I sent a text to you a few weeks ago and I said like, hey, I know we're on vacation, but we come back. Why don't we do a show about top five music theme songs? You said like, hey, that's a great idea. The reason that I I came up with that idea was I work at home one day a week and there's a channel on my local television. So when I'm working at home, I had the TV on in the background just for background noise. And um, there's a channel that does like classic shows, dramas and sitcoms during the day from like 9 a.m. till 4 p.m. all day long. And they're like all these like I Dream of Jeannie and Mary Tyler Moore show, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days. They do Mission Possible, uh, Sanford and Son, uh, Starsky and Hutch, like all these old shows. Anyway, one of the shows in their lineup is MASH. And every time I see MASH in the lineup, I make a point if I'm on the hour of the half hour to switch it over so that I can hear the theme song. Because for me, the MASH theme song has always struck like a very, I don't know, positive vibe in me that I hear it. It immediately puts me in a time and place. I never really watched MASH. It was a little before my time, but I've sort of come back to it a little bit in the in the years since it's been off the air. And uh, I can appreciate what it was and what it did for television. It's It's got some of the highest rated episodes ever. Uh, it made a, uh, you know, a huge impact on uh, culture at the time. They were able to tell – a lot of uh, – like we talked about before with, with Doctor Who, with MASH, although it was set in the Korean War, the show was happening during the Vietnam era and you were able to tell these stories that were basically about Vietnam but under the guise of, of the Korean War. So you know, very important show in pop culture, very important show for uh, – in, in America, uh, American history. And the music, even though it's from the movie, 
They use the same theme. Uh, the song was called Suicide is Painless, although yep. there are no lyrics in the opening theme used on the TV show. It's just the audio, just the, the instrumental. It was in the it movie, just, though. Yeah. Yes. It's just something about it. it it's so it, it's so unique. It's so different. It, it's it really just sort of sets a mood. And when I hear it, I like I immediately think of MASH. Like you can't hear the song and not think of MASH. But I don't know something about it. maybe because when I was like a little kid, I, I can remember going to like uh, my grandparents' house for special occasions, and my uncle used to always watch Mash, and it always seemed to be on just before Thanksgiving dinner or just before Christmas dinner. So maybe that's it. It's that, a little bit of that nostalgia we keep talking about. But for me, the Mash theme song absolutely had to be my number one. I love the tune. I love the the melody. I it just I. It just does. It hits all the right notes for me, and it doesn't follow that formula we already talked about. It doesn't tell you anything about what the show's about. Um, but uh, yeah, I love it. And interesting bit of trivia when I was reading about it. So the the movie, the song was created for the movie, and they originally was going to be just instrumental, and then they decided, no, no, no we want to use, we want to actually perform the song in a pivotal scene in the movie. And um, the director, Robert Altman, had some suggestions on, you know, how the lyrics should be composed. And he said, you know, it needs to sound – they need to sound like it's like this stupid teenage kid who's written these lyrics. They have to be like dumb. They, and they're like, well, we don't really know what you mean, uh, Robert Altman. Why don't you take a crack at it? So he tried to write the lyrics and he couldn't. And so he gave it to his 14-year-old son who wrote the lyrics in five minutes. <laughs> and that's what they used. And he said uh, when he got – when Robert Altman directed the movie, I think he said he got, you know, paid – hundred thousand dollars or something to to uh to direct the movie like it wasn't that much and he said his son has made over a million dollars on the because the, the they used the the song on the theme for syndication <laughs> nice and even though the lyrics aren't actually sung on the show because the song has lyrics he gets yep. paid and it's uh, uh interesting side note again a little tangent similar with the original star trek theme song the from the original star trek with captain kirk from the 60s the theme song has no lyrics when you watch it but Gene Roddenberry, being a shrewd, uh, you know, a savvy businessman, knew that if the song had lyrics, even if you don't play them, if it was registered as a song with lyrics, the lyricist gets half the royalties. So he wrote the worst lyrics ever heard, put them down, registered them as the official lyrics to that theme song. And so now every time that show got aired and the guy who wrote the music got paid half and Gene Roddenberry got paid half. Very Hardly interesting. He did it partly as a screw you to the other guy because apparently there was some infighting, but he also did it because he saw it as an opportunity to make smart. additional revenue off the show. So call it smart, call it shrewd, call it, you know, uh, uh, backstabbing, whatever you want to call it. So anyway, back to the thing. MASH was my number one. Chris, take it away. What's your number one? So uh, uh, one thing that I've noticed throughout this is that now, so first of all, we set some parameters of what we're going to do. Like we said, no animated shows, got to be live action. I d we should have even taken it further because I only did um, themes that were that had lyrics in them that were actual songs, you know, and you've picked a couple that were instrumentals because I've felt that there's there's so many good instrumentals too. We could do like. 10 shows on this topic, I swear to God. Um, I think we'd lose a lot of the listeners after the second show. Yeah, yeah possibly. I agree. There's, there's a plethora of, of wealth of stuff here. And I can't, I can't wait till we get to the trivia part because I even have a couple of trivia questions oh, for cool. you. I have a trivia question for you then. Do you know there was only one theme song from the 80s that reached number one on the charts? Any guesses what, what it would be? Uh, was it the theme from the greatest American hero? No, it was, it was from Miami vice actually. Oh, Yon yeah. Hammers. Yeah. 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 But it's funny that you mentioned that because <clears throat> my number one is the greatest American hero. Oh, <laughs> that is my number one. And the thing is, is that, um, so Mike post wrote the music for it. Um, Steven uh, Geyer wrote the lyrics, <clears throat> Joey Scarberry sang the song. It made it up to number two on the charts in 1981. Spent 18 weeks in the top 40 of all things. And and the thing with this is this is the second show of my top five that I didn't actually like the show. And I went back and watched it on the Roku stick not that long ago. It's There's an app that has all the episodes. And I went back and watched it. I'm like, this show is, is no better now than it was at the time. I remember at the time as a kid, I would watch it and think, oh, this show's dumb. Like, And I mean, the premise was actually kind of cool. You know, this guy finds this like superhero space or superhero suit that he puts on the tights and the cape and and he and when, when he puts it on he can fly but he's not very good at it so he like flies into buildings and crashes and stuff like that and so like what a great concept but the show i thought was dumb 
Like it wasn't very well done. Yeah, it does it, not hold up. I've recently gone yeah, back and rewatched some of the old ones. Not good. And yeah, it, it's it's not as good as it is in your memory. And and like I say, it's in my memory. I didn't like it at the time, so I went back and watched it, and no, it's still dumb. But um, but the theme song is so good. It is just, it is the best TV theme song of all time. Bar none. It is just such a good theme song. And it was funny because then I played it for my wife just recently and she's like, greatest American here. I've never heard of that in my entire life. Now she's a little bit younger than me and she doesn't like Gen X pop culture, you know, as much as I do. I mean, who does? But, um, and I, and I played the theme song for her because she's like, I've never heard of that. So I put it on and she's like, oh, I know this. I've heard this before. That's not from that TV show. That's from somewhere else. And I'm like, no, it's from this TV show. So it's like, I think it's, it's sort of multi-generational in the, in the fact that everybody knows this theme song. You play it for anybody. You could play it for millennials. I'd like to get Yancey on here and play it for him. He might not know because, you know, he's Yancey. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, but most people know this theme song. They've at least heard it before. They might not know where it's from or they might not know it's Greatest American Hero. But um, it is a great, great theme song. And it's my number one. So... Nice. Yeah, no. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed was when I was, again, doing a little bit of homework for this, there are a lot of TV theme show songs or music from like classic shows and sometimes like amazing shows that the music has been reappropriated by artists, musical artists more recently. Uh, you see it a lot in like rap and hip hop music where you do a lot of sampling. But for example, I mentioned earlier, uh, like I Dream of Genie. DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince, they did a song where they literally did like a rap over the I Dream of Genie television theme music. Right. Um, Knight Rider, the theme from Knight Rider has been sampled a lot of times for very popular songs. So you, you see that a lot. I think I think the artists today are savvy enough to realize that that not only is the music from a lot of these shows quite good in the in and of itself, but it does. It sort of scratches that nostalgia itch where you hear the song and you go, wait, that music sounds familiar. And while you're sort of trying to place it, you're now listening to these new lyrics and you're listening to this new and you're like, oh, well, this song's actually pretty good. And it's like you may not have listened to the song by that artist at that time, but you suddenly hear the background theme of, say, the Munsters was was sampled by Fall Out Boy for a song not too long ago. And it's like I would never have listened to the song, but I I reckon I'm like, that's a theme from the Munsters. And then I listen to the song. and I'm like, this is a good song. Um, so you, you, you definitely – still have a place in pop culture for a lot of these old themes from shows that maybe aren't on the air anymore or don't hold up, but the musical talent that put the theme song together is still getting its props from today's artists. The TV theme song is a dying art form. Oh, absolutely. It really is. It's dollars and cents. We talked about this. I talked about this with some of my buddies this weekend. Previously, you would have Let's say 30 seconds. Tell your story. You know, this is a story of Gilligan's Island. They're on the thing and they're on the boat and they crash and here's who's on the island and every week they try and get off and all, you know, here on Gilligan's Island, boom, done. In today's shows, that's 30 seconds that you could be running a 30 second commercial. So why waste 30 seconds on a theme song? Let's just fade to black, title of show, move on. We don't need a theme song. Or you have a theme song that is so short that it's only a five second just, you know, couple strums of the guitar, a couple keys on the piano. Let's not waste that 30 seconds. Let's either give you more show, not not often, more likely, let's give you another advertisement. And it's dollars and cents. Well, and the thing is too, I mean, back then, you know, in in, the, in those years of Gen X, like there were that scripted TV was everywhere. Everything you watch on TV, were, there were all these scripted shows. And there was a period from maybe 2007 till about 2010, 2011, when there was like Big Bang Theory, like you mentioned, and I think maybe like two and a half men. But other than that, every single show was a friggin' reality show. Yeah. For a big chunk of time there. Everything was reality TV. It was Survivor and Big Brother and Amazing Race and all this crap TV. And so the the theme song, the TV theme song, just it died as an art form. You know, yeah. if, you, if you call it an art form, I think it is. But yeah, so for a long time, like they just kind of went away. It wasn't even that that the theme songs went away. The TV shows went away. <laughs> you know, so it just it, it kind of died. But um, yeah, I don't know. For a long time there. The, the theme song just, like you said, told the story. It set the stage, you know, and it just became a huge part of pop culture. 
and it was really good. You mentioned that you had your list of honorable mentions, but there was one that you didn't want to mention until I gave mine. What was it? I'm just curious. It's the theme from It's Gary Shandling's Show. You see, that's 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 after the 80s. So, I mean, it's not mine. So, again, not a show I really watched. Uh, and I've only uh, in the last 10 years come to really appreciate Gary Shandling's uh, impact on on comedy. I, it's just he's not someone who I knew when I was younger. And I've I've since learned a lot more about him. There's been a lot of doc- there's a really good documentary series that ran about him a couple of years ago. But the the theme song for the show is very meta. It's like it, it even like it says, it's like this is the theme to Gary show. This is the theme to Gary show. This is the theme to Gary Shandling. Like the song itself is very aware that it's a theme song and the lyrics reflect that. And then they go on da da da, da and then they go. Now we're halfway through the song, the song that's the theme to Gary show. Rah, rah, rah. So it, again, it 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 takes that art form that you're talking about and it's it's very self-aware. It's very meta. And it's like, OK, let's let's just have some fun with this. And that was a big part of the show itself was that Gary Shandling would break the fourth wall and talk to the audience directly uh, as a part of the show. And the theme song being very, very well aware of that. It was a lot of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge right from the outset. They're like, you may not know what you're getting into, but we're going to hint at it right here in this theme song by just being self-aware in the lyrics of this song. Go, here's the show. I should probably go back and watch that show because I've heard nothing but good things about it. And then a little while ago, I watched a documentary on Gilda Radner because I just love Gilda Radner. And so I'm watching this documentary and, you know, after she got cancer, she kind of dropped out of the, the scene for a while. And then she came back and did an appearance on Gary Shandling's show. And so like, a, I'm watching this documentary. I'm like, oh, they, they showed the clip when she appeared on the show, never having seen the show. It was such a, that was part of it was because it was Gilda Radner, but it was such a good scene that she did with him and they break the fourth wall they look at the camera and like it was so i think maybe i need to go back and watch that show yeah so anyway i i want to definitely give that one a shout out as an honorable mention yeah for sure so that's not bad top five we did we you know we kind of took a little bit of different approaches to it we will come back sometime in the future and we will do animated shows because there's so many there i could probably list 20 off the top of my head and narrowing that down to five will be fun but uh in the meantime now that we're done our list let's have some fun with caveman okay this is what we're going to do this week my friend yep because we're doing our theme songs i'm going to make this real easy for you i'm going to give you the first line of a tv theme song all you have to do is name the TV show that it comes from. Oh and, to, and to help okay. you out. I'll You're going to sing it. No, no, I don't want to. Ah. Because the thing is, if you sing it, it's so recognizable. The thing is, even me, who I can't sing, but it, it's reading the lyrics makes it a little bit harder. So yeah. because it's a little bit harder, I'm going to, I'll help you out. And I'll give you the first couple of lines from the theme song. Okay. So it's easy, right? Uh, it, it, it sounds easy, but now that I'm in the hot seat. Oh, man, you're going to get these. It's easy. Okay, okay. So first one, love, exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Yeah. So the, uh, this is one that I was sure was going to be your number one. It's the love boat. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, and I love the love boat. You know how much I love that show. So I, I had do. To get I, I was shocked. I, I So what what we so you mentioned before. We don't share our list with each other. We come on and I don't know what yours on your list and you don't know what's on my list. But when you've got a topic this rich, there's really no reason for overlap. So sometimes we will send our list to a third party mm-hmm. to just make sure there's no overlap. We, so I don't know what's on your list. You don't mind it, but I'll just – we've been using my wife. Yep. We and, use Price Waterhouse as yes, our third yes, party. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so – she just confirmed with me earlier this week. I have Chris's list. And then when I sent her my list, I'm like, do we have any overlaps? She's like, no. But before I sent her my list, I said, I'm trying to narrow down a few. I don't want to use these ones because I'm sure they're going to be on Chris's list. Happy days in the love boat. She's like, they're not on his list. <laughs> You're like, like, what? Are you sure you got an email from the right Chris? Uh, Chris you know, McBride, right? going on right now, but uh, yeah. So I was, I was pretty shocked that those didn't make your list. I know. So. Okay. Anyway, so, you, next question. so you got one for one. Okay. Next one. Another easy one. You ready? Uh, sure. Whatever happened to predictability? The Milkman, the Paperboy, Evening TV. I, I have no idea, but I'm sure if I heard it sung, it would make more sense. Man, I can't believe you didn't get. Oh, it's Full House. No. Full House. No, you don't know. Okay. Never watched it. That's eh, from the 90s. Okay. I mean, I know of it. I just never watched it. Show me that smile again. Don't waste another minute on your crying. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I can, I'm hearing the lyrics, but I can't think of the song. It's uh, oh, that's uh, Growing Pains. Yay! 
There you go. Very good. All right. So here's an easy one. I just want to give you a couple. Here's a. This is a. This is a softball lob. Okay. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Yeah, that's three's company. That, that's another one. When I see it in the lineup, I'm like, oh, two minutes till Three's Company's on. I flip it over. So I watch the opening credits. I'm like, oh, this is one with Don Knotts. And then the credits end, and I'm like, okay, I don't need to see any more of this. We'll come back same time tomorrow to hear the song again. All right, here's one. Early to bed, early to rise, in between, I cooked and cleaned and went out of my head. Wow. Uh, I, that does not sound familiar at all. I have no idea. <laughs> Going through life with blinders on, it's tough to see. No? No. There's a new girl in town, and she's looking good. No, Alice. Alice is the show. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you would I, I, I watched the show a little bit. Yeah. It was a little before my time. Yeah. I remember watching it as a young kid and not really getting a lot of it, but. All right. Lady Godiva was a freedom rider. She didn't care if the whole world watched. Wow. That doesn't sound familiar at all. No idea. It's mod. And then mod. there's mod. Nope. Okay. And there's mod. Yeah. All right. Here's one. New boy in the neighborhood lives downstairs and it's understood. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one is Charles and Charles. How do you know that? Uh, we may have had this conversation previously on our old pod. So my first year at school, okay, I had, I had, there was four of us. And so it was, it would live in the dorm and every two rooms shared a bathroom. So you had, you know, four guys that shared the two rooms in the bathroom. Okay. And the guy who was the next door neighbor to me who shared my bathroom, he and I are, are you know, we we're really good friends. Well, we became really good friends. This was his favorite show, Charles in Charge. And he I used to too. sing that theme song all the time. <laughs> All the time. And he thought the Charles Charles was the greatest show ever. He also loved the People's Court. Uh, oh, it was on every night at like 1130. And so if he wasn't out at the bar, 1130 had his alarm set. So we'd come in the room and we'd watch the People's Court or he'd watch. Oh, I couldn't care. Nice. And then speaking of TV theme songs, when we were studying for our final exams at the end of the school year, he was going through uh, my roommate, uh, our mutual friend, Rob, had this huge, huge collection of cassette tapes he didn't have cds he had cassette tapes of course like hundreds of them and so all year we were going through and listening to different cassettes and he would tell us about different here have you heard of this band you heard of them you like that band try this band he was such a a a huge resource for music at the end of the school year we found one of the cassettes he had was tv theme songs from the 70s man that'd be so good and so while we were studying for our final exams my roommate the other guy the charles and charts guy he would play this 70s theme song at full blast in the next room. And so we'd all be studying. We'd hear this, and they're short, right? Only like oh, a yeah. minute or less. Yeah. So the cassette was like a 60-minute cassette. So you'd rhyme through all these songs. And so, of course, it, it, we thought it was hilarious. And then uh, we talked to him after he wrote one of his exams. And he goes, you know, I'm sitting there in the exam room, and it's all quiet. And all of a sudden, I find myself singing the Wonder Woman theme song under my breath. He's like, get us up from under Wonder Woman. And he's like, all the people start looking at me from around. And he goes, I don't even realize I'm singing it out loud. He goes, I've been singing it in my mind for two hours. Uh, so that always stuck with me that that this TV theme songs just they're so catchy you can't. Oh get yeah, I remember when my wife and I first uh, got together. We moved into we bought a house, we moved into the house, and I put on TV and Charles in Charge was on, and I was just so excited. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god! It was like TV Land. Remember that station yeah. TV Land that they used to have, and the Charles in Charge was on, and I just started freaking out. Oh my god, Charles in Charge! I'm so excited. I oh my god, I can't feel my face. And she's like, who did I just marry? Like, like you're, you're crazy. <laughs> but I loved Charles in Charge. It was great. Okay, Okay. next one. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. Wow. Uh, It's from the 90s. I'll give you that. Wow. Wow. Uh, Who? Well, I got to think it's a show about news, like newspapers, but that that doesn't even help me. I have no no idea. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Pass. It's Family Matters. Family Matters. You know, rare condition. Oh, that's a show with Urkel, right? This day and age. Yep. Never watched it. Okay. Never watched it. I bet we've been together for a million years. Yeah, and I man. bet we'll be together for a million more. Yep. That's family ties. Very good. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's another easy one. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Yeah. That one's the Golden Girls. Yep. 
You know? I didn't get mod. I got yeah. the gold. Yeah, you got the gold girls. So, so we've got we've definitely got our B Arthur contingent yeah. tonight. So it's all good. Okay. Sometimes the world looks perfect. Nothing to rearrange. Can you rearrange the question for me? I, this doesn't sound familiar at all. No idea. Standing tall okay, on the wings. Strangers. Yes, perfect there strangers. Okay, so I'm going to leave you. the tune on that one. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Some, some of yeah. these, too, like when you hear them sung, it's like, then it, you get it. Oh, of course. You, you hear course. the lyric, you, you don't know what it is. Okay, I'm going to leave you one last one here. Super easy one. Okay, so this one is just a gibby for you. Okay, when I wake up in the morning and the alarm gives out a warning. I don't think I'll ever make it on time. Uh, wow. I have no idea. When I wake up in the morning and the alarm gives out a warning, I don't think I'll ever make it on time. Sure. Doesn't help. No idea. Saved by the bell. Oh, never watched oh, it. Oh, man. I thought you would get that one for sure. No. Oh, man. No. Jeez. Well, you did okay. You got, you got, you know, a little over half. I think of I got about half. Yeah. That, that, they, they were. Really, it came down to did I watch a show or not? The ones I didn't watch, I had no idea. But there was a couple in there that I, I didn't watch that I knew. But, yeah, the ones I missed, it's because I didn't watch a show. But even some of them, uh, like, like the Golden Girls, I've never seen an episode of the Golden Girls. Oh, I watch every episode of the Golden Girls. I've yeah. never seen an episode. I have no desire to ever watch an episode of that show. It was good. But I know that I know the theme song. Like, I know it. Even, like, like I say, two of my um, my top five, I didn't really, really like the show. Didn't really watch. I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of The Fall Guy. Probably never watched a full episode of Greatest American Hero. But I know the theme is so so good. So, yeah. so let me let me ask you. So while I was yeah. doing a, my homework here to try and mm-hmm. pick my list and narrow it down, I came across the name of a uh, musical composer. I actually didn't come across it. Someone in my work was like, "Why well, don't just look up this guy? He wrote the theme songs to every show you like." I'm like, "Oh yeah." I looked him up. I'm going to read you a list of about a dozen of this guy's credits. I think sure. you're going to know because I think you might have already mentioned them. Okay. So let me get through the list and then you can spoil it. So this one guy was responsible for creating themes to all of these shows. Okay. The Rockford Files, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law, no. Law and Order, NYPD Blue, Greatest American Hero, uh, The A-Team, Blossom, Doogie Howser, um, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking on the list here. Wise Guy. Uh, Law and Order, we already said. Uh, Hardcastle McCormick. Uh, this guy just, I couldn't believe his list of credits were going on. There was a lot of shows that only ran for one or two seasons, but I was like, holy crap. Do you know who this is? It's Mike Post. It is Mike Post. Yeah. Oh my God. He, I can't believe how prolific this guy is. He unbelievable. Yeah. everything. I know. He was involved in a lot of stuff. So the, his biggest one, though, Greatest American Hero, obviously, but his real big one, I think, was Hill Street Blues. Like it was just that that really put him on the map because it came out in like eighty one, and it just like it was just such a great it was instrumental, but it was such a great theme song because to be able to have an instrumental that captures the feeling of a show is really hard to do. That's a yeah. really really difficult thing to do. And Hill Street Blues did that. Mike Post was was great, definitely yeah. definitely great. Well, he's still alive. Uh, yep. I mean, I don't know if he's still working or not, but um... he doesn't he doesn't need to work. He'd be just raking in the money. Yeah, it says he was the producer on Dolly Parton's Nine to Five album. Like oh he's got God, some serious credits here. Like this oh, guy, geez. I hope that he is living high on the hog off the royalties of all these songs. Because my God, he has written some of these shows. These are some of my favorite shows with my favorite songs. It's like wow, this this guy is the master of this genre. No, he definitely is. Well, great topic this week. Like I said, we'll come back. We'll revisit it again, maybe with animated shows at some point in the future. Uh, but before we uh, get ready to wrap things up, I need you to nominate a movie that I need to watch for the next episode. So do you have uh, something? It's your turn. The last movie that we watched was Meatballs, and I nominated that one, and you didn't like it very much. I loved it. Um, So it's your turn to nominate a movie. So do you have a title that you'd like me to watch for our next show? And if so, what is it? I do. And, you know, my I, I had narrowed it down to two picks. Okay. One, one was another sort of screwball comedy, a little more recent. But since we just did Meatballs, uh, I thought let's let's move away from comedy for two seconds and we can come back to that pick another time. And I am going to ask you to watch James Bond Casino Royale. This is the uh, the relaunching of the James Bond franchise a few years back with Daniel Craig in his first appearance as James Bond. It essentially rebooted the uh, the franchise and uh, there have been a number of very successful follow ups. And uh, yeah, I think 
I think this one's a winner. I hope you'll like it. It's it's uh, action packed. I just uh, gave it a watch this week, leading up to this, thinking you know I wanted to make sure it it met our high quality of of standards here, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll okay. see. Give it a try. I will go back and I will watch Casino Royale. I've never seen it. I will be honest. I have not. We'll we'll get into this this James Bond thing. I won't I won't elaborate too much until we get onto the that episode. Uh, but that'll be great. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to watch uh, a movie that I've never seen before. And that's kind of what this is all about. So I will watch that, and we will come back and we will review Casino Royale from two thousand and seven. You said, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the new one because right. there was a Casino Royale that was I want to say from the 60s, 60s. With Peter yep. Sellers. Yep. Yep. Yeah, not that one. And that was the that was technically down the road, sure, but uh, this is I want you to watch the new yeah. one with uh with Daniel Craig and uh give it a watch and we'll we'll come back next time and we'll we'll talk about it. We'll Abs- see what you liked and didn't like about it and I'll tell you all the reasons you're wrong for miss for not liking it. <laughs> if that's what you think. Absolutely, I will watch the show. We I watch that movie, we'll come back and we will review it. We'll talk all about it. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you will find Derek at Amaron underscore DRM. You will find me at C McBrien. McBrien is I E N. If you go to popgoesyourworld.com, you'll find all of our contact information there. You can shoot us an email. We'll make sure and respond to that. Uh, until next time, this is Chris McBrien for Derek Myers saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World. You can contact Chris and Derek at popgoesyourworld.com. Please take a minute and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music.